Hey neighbors, it's Chris, and today I'm sharing a story I like to call The Best Medicine. Welcome to the good all around us. Hello, Chris Lay. Hello, Deanna. It's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful morning. Yes, I'm playing my imaginary keyboard you that are. I don't know how to play. Okay, y'all are getting an inside look on life with Chris Lay. Oh, any yeah. anytime you say a word or phrase that is any part of any song, he usually breaks out into the full spectrum of singing the song. The best that he can. Only well, with you I do. I don't do it when I'm with people. Oh yes, you do. Not there, all the time. There are people not that all, some. <laughs> but there not are all people the time. that know you well enough that you're comfortable yes. to be able to do that in And they front think of. I'm super weird anyway. So well that's true. They know me, so they know uh, I'm weird. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. But if you're with me and you say something and all of a sudden you see a sparkle in my eye and it appears that I've gone off to a distant planet, it's because in my head <laughs> I am singing the lyrics that correlate to the words you just said. Is that all the time? All the time. That that I happens? I mean, it happens constantly. It happens to me, I mean, literally all throughout the day, I can read something and then the lyrics yeah. from the song come to my yeah. head. And, and I'll probably sing them out loud if I'm alone because <laughs> I, I'm an the, adult. I can do that. The dogs like it. Oh, they, they love, love it. love being sung to. Sandy loves it when I sing to her. <laughs> she thinks it's dance party it's time dance sometimes. Party. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it happens all the time. Oh, uh, that's fun. In, yeah. Inside look into the uh, the... The wonder that is Chris. Oh, the endless <laughs> the abyss the of my brain. <laughs> you had a great week. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Tell everybody, I mean, just what happened. It was a week. whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. So we found out a couple months ago that one of my best friends, April Cruzy, who has been a guest on this podcast. The only human that's ever been a guest on this podcast. Correct. Yes. Inside of this room while we were recording. Um We've known she was leaving for a couple months, and yeah. it's just our schedules haven't matched up, and, and the clock has been ticking, and I was su getting super stressed out last weekend, realizing that, you know, in two weeks, she's gone to Lubbock, and it's no longer just a three-and-a-half-hour car ride. It's now a plane trip. Yeah. And so we were talking, and we looked at the calendar, and while we had one major event that I was sad to miss, other than that, it was a pretty... Right easygoing week where I was able to, on Sunday, buy a train ticket to get on the train on Tuesday, a train which I did have to run for. Yes, you were almost late. <laughs> I was late. I I will not shame you. I took I take full responsibility for the fact that we left the house late. We got stuck in traffic. Yes. Um, but the conductor was like, all aboard as we were getting out of the car. He pulled up the stool and I'm like, <laughs> wait. Hold the train. I'm coming. Uh, like a crazy person. I'm screaming <laughs> through the parking lot. And he's like, hurry up. So we have bags and Chris is helping me. And But you know I, the train's never on time. Ever. Well, according to Amtrak.com, the train was actually supposed to leave the station as scheduled at 429, but the app itself said 431. So I thought we had an, an extra minute or two. <laughs> I was wrong. 
just because it's 429 and it says 431, that doesn't mean they're going to hold the train for two minutes That's just right. to make sure the app's there's right. nobody there to get on. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, well. Uh, Anywho, was, how about that train ride? It was, so, <laughs> it was so close. But the week with April was absolutely fantastic. Awesome. I helped her pack the house. We did lots of walks and talks. I got introduced to what a dog park is. You did. That's a, we've never taken our dogs to a dog park. No. Mostly because Sandy is pretty high strung around dogs. She is very high strung. Not all dogs, but Mm-mm. some One-on-one, dogs. One on one, she's yeah. fine. Yeah. But you put her in a situation where she's not sure what's going on, and she goes into freak-out mode. And the funniest story, and I will keep this short, but the funniest story is April didn't prepare me for what was what a dog park entails. Oh, right. I've seen them. I know people take their dogs there, and they just let them roam. But when I walked in, she's dumping water out of these baby pools, filling them up with fresh water. Her dogs are gone. They're like gone, gone. There's all these people and all these dogs and I'm looking around and I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) It's chaos. And she's not, she didn't explain anything to me and I'm looking around. And so out to the world, I said, what's going on here? What's my role here? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? What's my role here? I'm, I'm, you literally I yelled said that out, loud. that out, and everybody like it, it was like you could have heard a pin drop. Oh, all so the th- dogs stopped barking. They all looked at me. All the people stopped talking. <laughs> they all looked at me. April's rolling on the floor. They're like, "Oh, the crazy woman has arrived." <laughs> We've my- wondered when she was going to get here. What's my role here? <laughs> We talked about that all week because I was so confused as to what I w- I was supposed to be doing. You don't do anything. You you do nothing. You let the dogs play. That's what she said. But I'm like, her dogs are running away. Am I supposed to be watching them while she's doing who knows what with these pools? Is she even supposed to be doing that with the pools? She just came in kind of and took over. Well, there's a hierarchy oh, at the dog goodness. park. Oh, with people and with dogs. It yeah. was a very... It was a very educational experience all around. And now I know. Now, now you, I know what now my role is. Now you know. Now I know what my role is. But we had <laughs> we had a fantastic week. We had lots of laughs. I didn't cry until I got on the train. Yeah. I didn't want to go there. It's a very emotional thing that she's going through. We've been through it. You know, we moved and left a lot of people that we knew and loved in yeah. Colorado when we moved back here. And I mean, she's going into a place that she doesn't really know anybody. And so it's, you know, it was emotional. And I got on the train and I let the tears fly. But and then you got, we're a plane right away. And it's, then you had a, a meth head on the train, which allowed for some levity and laughter. Oh, oh I, you get all the kinds I on the train. I texted Chris. Oh, there was a woman. There was a woman who was just pacing on the phone, pacing, pacing, pacing. And yeah, it was evident that she was... Um, a little strung out, so I was just keeping an eye on her, and then, <laughs> then I had a very loud phone talker behind me. I think he was on the phone for an hour. Wow. Just talking, talking, talking. And then the row in front of me, I I thought the woman was needed 911. She was coughing probably for that same hour. So you have phone talker, you have pacer, and you have cougher, all in like this very small um, vicinity where you can't get away. <laughs> Well, you survived, and we're back, and now we're doing I a podcast. Did. It was-
was fantastic. The whole thing gave me lots and lots of memories. So, Perfect. And I just had to share them all with you. All right, Dee Dee <laughs> Mega Doo Doo. Here we go. Welcome, 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 everyone, to the good all around us. I'm Chris Lay. And I'm Deanna Lay. And it is our joy, our mission to... Happy up your life. And uh, before we jump into the story today, Deanna's got a little bit she needs to share with you. I know, I've done a lot of talking already, but buckle up, because I'm going to talk some more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are recording this in our home. The dogs are all comfy. Speaking of dogs, it's Sandy's birthday today. Happy birthday, Sandy. There we go. There's Chris breaking into song. Happy birthday, Sandy. She's four today. Happy birthday, dear Sanderson Cooper. You're not waking her up at all. Um, the cats are locked out, so we should be pet noise free. Second, Happy birthday to you. We are storytellers. Had to finish. The stories we share each <laughs> week are researched thoroughly. We do this using the interwebs. Interwebs. We try to use numerous sources so we can bring you the best details each and every time. Then we compile that research into stories told in our own words to share with each other and all of you. Well, today, Chris is the host, and I am hearing his story for the first time ever, just, just like, like you. you. Now, if some things in the story are omitted or incorrect, or some of the details from the background are off, or say something off the cup that isn't quite right, for that, we do apologize. Are you trying to speed up? That's awesome. We do our best to be as precise as possible. <laughs> so please don't email us or give us a bad review for being human. We are doing our very best to bring you the, the finest stories. stories. From From around around the the globe. globe. With all that being said, let's do this. It's time to happy up your life, people. Take it away, Chris Lay. Thank you, my love. You're so welcome. Well, before we start today's episode, I want to share with everyone and let them know that we're going to be talking about a sensitive subject, uh, male depression and suicide. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if this is too much for anybody, please accept my apologies. I'm going to be sharing some statistics around the subject. And and while it is a serious conversation, I wanted to tell everyone, uh, I wanted to tell this story here because it is about some people who are making a major impact for men. Okay. Okay. But in addition, neighbors, before we jump into this, I want to share that I suffered from depression in the past. Mm-hmm. You sure have. I know that most people might be shocked when I share this because they know Chris, the jovial guy, uh, but that is not necessarily what I went through. Depression can occur to to anyone for a wide variety of reasons. Correct. And it can range from severe, almost crippling to mild by some people's standards. But regardless, when you're in the depths of depression – it can feel incredibly overwhelming, mm-hmm. no matter what level you might be experiencing. And, and at times, you do feel hopelessness. Yeah. And I have no problem talking about what I went through. It, it was a pretty dark time for me, and it was based purely on my feelings of, of self-worth after having gone through a pretty devastating failure, at least a devastating failure to me mm-hmm. at the time. And while I have typically been a person who was able to deal with defeat and and was able to kind of bounce back from things. Right. That particular time, I was not able to keep the proverbial stiff upper lip and persevere. Mm-hmm. It, it really just grabbed me and held on to me tight. And I allowed incredibly negative self-talk to take over all of my thoughts. And it l- just caused me to dive deeper and deeper into that depressed state. Yeah. And fortunately, I was able, with your help and with the help of others, to start to pull out of that state and and find purpose again in my life. 
neighbors, I got to tell you, it wasn't easy. And it took just great effort to even get out of bed in the morning, to Mm -hmm. shower. Mm -hmm. Self-care was not even a thought, you know. Um, And and fortunately, throughout this whole thing, I didn't turn to substances like alcohol or or drugs Mm -hmm. or anything. And as everybody probably does know, I am a recovering alcoholic, and uh, I did not go back to that, fortunately, right. uh, to numb my pain. And I, I didn't have suicidal thoughts either. Mm-hmm. I specifically remember going through that not having those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I had the feeling of helplessness and of being kind of lost, yeah. just wandering aimlessly through my days with really no joy in in what I was seeing or doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember all those feelings, but I didn't think, oh, okay, I, I need to get drunk and numb this pain right. or uh, I, I need to end it all uh, because it's, it's just not worth it. I never had those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I know that happens quite a bit in depression. And for that, I consider myself very lucky uh, because I'm going to share some details with you that I, I do feel need to be expressed okay. around this. Yeah. So I'm going to start with this, neighbors. Statistics can often be misleading. Mm-hmm. However, I was able to find some statistics on mindwise.org that tend to match others I found, and, and therefore I believe these are somewhat accurate. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can because never... they were mimicked. Yeah. Yeah, they saw... were mimicked in multiple places. Gotcha. Makes sense. Thanks for doing all that research. So approximately 42 million Americans experience a mental illness each year. Mm-hmm. And nearly one in 10 men uh, experience depression and anxiety. Okay. And that's according to a poll that was actually created by the uh, National Center for Health Statistics, NCHS. Okay. They polled 21,000 American men, and nearly one in 10 men reported experiencing some form of depression or anxiety, but less than half sought treatment. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Men tend to die by suicide three and a half times more than women. Oh, wow. Yeah. And depression, when left untreated, can in some cases reach a, a crisis point of suicidal contemplation. Mm-hmm. And with so few men reaching out for help or support, they just choose to suffer in silence. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. This may be one reason that men face higher suicide rates. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. About six of every 10 men experience at least one trauma in their lives, uh, and men are more likely to experience trauma related to accidents, physical assault, combat, disaster, or to even witness death or, or, or severe injury of another. And, and this causes PTSD mm-hmm. in a lot of these men. Mm-hmm. And PTSD can develop weeks, months, sometimes even years after someone has experienced trauma. We've talked about that. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. And it, it can cause a person to relive the traumatic event, avoid places or situations that serve as a reminder of it, mm-hmm. and and feeling like alert or keyed up all the time from yeah, that. Yeah, it Even experience nightmares or flashbacks and a number of other troubling symptoms that can interfere with their everyday life, thus causing them to become depressed. depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and men are almost... Two times more likely, Deanna, and this breaks my heart, to binge drink than women. Okay. Okay. Two times more likely. Okay. And not only do they binge drink more than women, men consistently have higher rates of alcohol-related deaths and hospitalizations than women do. And men are most likely to have used alcohol before 
attempting and completing suicide. Oh, wow. Okay. And binge drinking, just by definition, is drinking almost to the point of blackout or pass out. Purely to get hammered. Massive amount in a short period of time. Yeah, we're not talking. Not being able to stop. Not social drinking. Not social drinking. Having a drink here or there. Mm -hmm. Right. But literally, I'm just going to drink, 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 drink. Yeah. Until I do. Blackout, pass out, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 49% of men feel more depressed than they admit to the people in their lives. I believe that 100%. And we talked about that when I was in the depths of mine, I didn't want to talk about it. It was pretty obvious. I mean, you saw a major shift in my personality and Mm -hmm. my activities and the way I went about my day. It was easy for you as my, as my perfect partner to see that I wasn't me at that time. Right. But, uh, you know, there's a ton of men that are alone mm-hmm. or maybe their partner is also in a depressed state. So they just don't even notice and they don't want to talk about it. Well, I remember specifically there was a period of denial where you were like, no, yes. I'm fine. Yeah. There's nothing There's nothing wrong. You know, it was all- probably day five of no showering where I was like, no, I'm fine. And you're yeah. like, no, you're not. Yeah. But uh, it's okay. It's I'm hard when you're in the, the throes of it to... Open yourself up to even accepting the fact that you're not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A Today Show um, actually commissioned, or I should say The Today Show, commissioned a survey of more than a 1,000 men and revealed that truth that that many assume. Men are much less likely to voice struggles with mental illness Mm -hmm. or even thoughts of suicide because there's something, even today, where men are taught, hey, you just don't talk about those things. You don't talk about your feelings. No, it's seen still and, in society as a sign of weakness. Right. And You're supposed to be tough. It's the opposite. Buck up. Mm-hmm. You know, pull yourself up. Get get going. Mm-hmm. You know, put the nose to the grindstone. Work through it. Um, real you know, men. Carry real on. men. This. Real, real men. men that. This. Yeah. yeah. And. Although depression, I mean, statistically speaking, occurs much more in women, mm-hmm. the facts do show that men tend to hide their depression and they deal with it in very unhealthy ways. Well, and to stop you there, I wonder if it's more, quote unquote, prevalent in women because women are more likely to say, hey, I'm exactly. struggling. No, hey, that's it. I'm going to seek out help. This isn't right. I need to figure something out. Yeah, it's not that men necessarily don't have the same rates of depression as Mm -hmm. women do. Women tend to verbalize it. They tend to ask for that help, like Mm -hmm. you said. And possibly, I I guess the biggest issue is there are very few healthy ways to battle depression that are easy to access for anybody, male or female. Correct. And uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, again, uh, if this is sensitive, I want everybody to be aware Women attempt suicide more often than men do, but men are much more likely to complete suicide because of the methods that they typically choose, the impulsivity that men show in the act. Okay. And it's only impulsive because they've not talked about it. I mean, to others, it may be something that they've contemplated for quite some time. Right. Or to themselves, I should say. They've been- To themselves, they may have been contemplating it for quite some time, but they've never talked about it to Mm -hmm. anybody else. They've never made those statements like, I think I want to, or I'm going to, or they don't make those statements. Uh, So it appears to be very impulsive. And again, with showing those those very few warning signs, such as talking about it, there's no way to really tell when a man is just going to attempt. Right. 
So I, I guess with all of that being said, Deanna, the good news is that mental health has had quite a bit more emphasis in recent years, mm-hmm. especially for men. Right. Um, but we still, I mean, we obviously have a long, long way to go to improve availability of assistance for people. With all that being said, I want to let you know that there are some innovative ways that are becoming more available. And today we're going to spotlight a hero who saw something that started her on a path to get more men the help that they need. Mm, Okay. So I I shared all of that to lead to this. So are you ready for a long trip? Sure. It's been a while. We haven't gone international for a while. No, we haven't. Nope. So it's time for us to, to... Run to the airport, catch a plane, flex those passports, no puppers for this trip. (laughs) And we are heading to Newport, Wales. Okay. We've never been to Wales. Across the pond. Across the pond, they say, mate. Now, Wales is part of the United Kingdom. Okay. And it's located west of England on the main British island. I'm stuck on the mate. I still think that's Australian. It is mate. Well, they say mate and... I'm sure they do. England. But you had yeah. your Australian accent. Can you try it again? Throw a shrimp on the bop. No, that's <laughs> Governor. All right, there we go. We're heading to Newport, Wales. Governor. There we go. There, we, right. go. there we go. <laughs> now I can focus. So the whole United King, uh, Kingdom thing is pretty confusing. I mean, have you ever actually looked at a map of the UK? Well, you and I have had numerous talks about this. And to actually sit down with a map, which is my thing, I really haven't other than like looking at Google Maps, but it it is all very confusing. All right. So England is a country. Yes. And part of the UK. Is UK the big island? Is that the no. name of the entire island? No. Oh, that's where it's confusing. At the front door. All right. So England is a country. Wales is a country unto themselves. Oh. Okay. I thought Wales was. Even though they share the island with England, the big British island with England. Okay. Okay. Scotland is a country unto itself. It also shares the big British island with England. So is that why it's called the British Isles? Isles. Well, well then you have Northern Ireland. Not all of Ireland, by the way, only a very small northern part of the Ireland island that's part of the actual UK. The rest of Ireland, the largest portion of the island, is their own republic and not part of the UK. So the United Kingdom is made up of England, England Wales, Wales Scotland, Scotland, and Northern Ireland only. Is Northern only. Ireland and Ireland two different countries? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even know that. I Look told me. you. It's very confusing. Learning. I'm a yeah. learner. Regardless of all the confusion that they've created within the world, uh, we are heading there in style, baby. Oh, good. First class for you, Hey, thanks. Love. I appreciate it. So we're going to hop on a plane. We're going to fly from St. Louis to Chicago O'Hare because mm-hmm. we don't have a direct international flight from St. Louis to, to England. And uh, we're going to board uh, a British Airways flight in O'Hare, one of the sweet ones with the lay-down seats and whatnot. Yeah. And then we'll arrive a mere 12 hours later at Heathrow in downtown London. That's not too bad. No. I've flown into Heathrow before, yep. but not All for the low, seat. low cost Uh-oh. of $24,595 <laughs> each. Just two grand an hour. No big That's deal. Right. No so big for 49000 it's going to get us to Heathrow and back. In first class style. Oh, right. Not bad. Uh, you know, we have a great, huge, big budget here. Huge at budget at the Good All Around Us. Yes. <laughs> so thank goodness we have all that travel. And who are we sponsored by? We should have a sponsor for this. <laughs> 
Today we're sponsored by Sandy and Coco's Dog Toys. If you need used dog toys covered in the spittle of two very cute and precocious puppies, reach out to Sandy and Coco's usedogtoys.com. There you go. That was our sponsor break. That alone funded our... That's going to get us there a couple times. $50,000 trip. Okay. So alas, Deanna, once we arrive in Heathrow, our travels are not finished because we then have to drive another two and a half hours to get to Newport. Okay. And after all of that travel, we're going to arrive in the port city of Newport, which seems a little on the nose and shows very little creativity I in the naming. I was going to say, yes. oh, it's a port city? It's that a port city of Newport. Perfect sense. It's totally different than Old Port. Yes. So Newport has been a port since medieval times, mm, medieval. when the first Newport Castle was built by the Normans. And I'm not talking a bunch of guys named Norman. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Newport gained its first charter in 1314. It grew significantly in, uh, in the 19th century when it became that port of focus for coal export. Okay. From uh, eastern South Wales valleys. So apparently there's a lot of coal in the South Wales. Perfect. And Newport was the largest coal exporter in Wales until the rise of Cardiff. Now, everybody's heard of Cardiff, Wales, right? You, you have never heard of Cardiff? Cardiff. Cardiff. Okay. Well, then I won't bore you because I didn't go into detail. I thought everyone knew of Cardiff, <laughs> Cardiff Wales. It's the, Is it a place? It's the major city in Wales. Okay. Okay. No, I didn't like even know London, Wales England, was its own Cardiff, country Wales. until five right. minutes ago. So Newport was the site, Deanna, of the last large-scale armed insurrection in Great Britain, the Newport Rising in 1839. Okay. So that was a long time ago. That's when yeah. they were trying to not be under British rule, oh. which is How'd really- How'd that work out? Oh, not well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so even though it is a port city, it looks pretty quaint. It's not like a typical port city. It's not just all fisheries and manufacturing. It's got great shopping, an incredible Fun. arts district. Let's go. Tons of cultural venues. Okay. I mean, again, what do you expect from a city that's been around for so incredibly long, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Listen to this. I did look up a list of notable people who came from Newport, and guess what? What? I didn't recognize a single one of them. <laughs> Not one. Aww. I mean, I'm guessing they're probably important over there, uh, but there wasn't literally one person that I could recognize. I mean, I was hoping to see like maybe a f famous musician or Harry actor. Styles? No. Oh, he might be offended if I if he's not from uh, Wales. He definitely is not from Wales. He's English. I don't know. Yeah. You got to know the difference. And they do take offense to that kind of stuff. Sorry, Harry. So, uh, but yeah, nobody. Nobody I'd heard of. Okay. Not a single one. Well, thanks for yeah. wasting our time with that. I thought it was interesting. The list was incredibly long. Oh, okay. There were Start hundreds... with that next time. There oh, were... yeah. Okay. I guess you're right. There were hundreds and hundreds of people on here, and I'm like, okay, I got to go through these. Please let me at least find one. There was... I uh, will say there was one odd one. Remember the, the band Bush? Yes. From yeah, yeah, the yeah. 90s? Yeah. The former, former lead guitarist who never even made it oh, famous oh. with Bush. Like that one Beatles. Yeah. 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 Right? Beatles or no, Beatles? No, this... Who's the Beatles person that was with the them? The drummer for the yeah. Beatles, Pete Best. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, Aww. no, this is like the former, former guitarist. They're like the former, former guitarist for Bush. I'm like, why even? <laughs> why put him on the list? Why don't you rub some salt in those wounds? Um, so anyway, while we're in Newport, we're going to be heading to the Riverfront Theater, which again is a little on the nose because it's located on the Usk River Riverfront. <laughs> 
They like to keep things simple in Newport, apparently, when it comes to naming things. That makes sense. It's compared to some of the places we've run into here. Well, I mean, we can always go to grocery store grocers. Nuh-uh. No, I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. While we are at the uh, the Riverfront Theater, we are going to uh, meet an award-winning trainer and professional coach, Angie Belcher. Okay. And uh, Angie is more than that, though. Uh, she is also a professional comedian and the creator of Comedy on Referral. Comedy on Referral. Co- what is Comedy on Referral, you ask? What is it? That the- what is Comedy on Referral, Chris? Excellent. I'm glad you asked. Comedy on Referral enables people through group work, one-on-one work with a comedian, and games to explore elements of their life that they would like to analyze through comedy specifically designed Mm. to help those who are dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. I like where this is going. Yes, I thought you might. You might also be saying to yourself that the thought of attempting stand-up comedy can be scary. But the attempt... At stand-up comedy can be so scary, Chris. You're right, Deanna. It does rate as one of the most difficult and scariest things that most people can think to do. Over and above skydiving. Uh, okay. Yes. I think I would rather skydive. And I, I the thought of skydiving scares me to death. But standing up and trying to be funny in front of people? Yes. I'm not funny. You Ish. are funny. I'm not funny. Like I can't stand up and I don't got jokes. I have long. I don't winded, got jokes. I have long winded <laughs> stories where my husband is always making the sign to hurry up. I'm <laughs> all over the place with them. Hence, uh, listen to the intro of this podcast yeah, today. There you go. <laughs> all right. So Angie believes that exploring this area and the personal history that these men have through comedy really does work. So it's for men only. Yeah, at this time. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna share more. See, I'm telling a story here, Dee, okay. so you don't ask okay. the leading question. I'm holding on to yeah. my seat. So she shared this with the Guardian newspaper about the program. She said, "I've taught comedy for ten years, and students often told me how much stronger, more resilient, and happier they were after exploring their personal histories through stand-up comedy." Okay. That inspired me to prove the models, exercises, and games used in a stand-up comedy course that I, so I can help people recover from emotional problems such as mental illness, PTSD, and anxiety orders. I have so many questions, but I will wait. I, okay. I don't want to lead the witness. So my course for trauma victims encourages them to process their trauma in a different way so they can change who the victim is and choose the narrative. Mm. They can actually go right down into, hey, this is what I was thinking, and then this thing happened to me type of rhetoric. Gotcha. Okay? And this enables survivors to consciously use comedy to change their perspective of their experiences, but it also puts them in a physically powerful position because being on stage is very powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can speak directly to an audience about important things, which means they have the opportunity to change the audience's lives. And as a comedian, you could be the reason why someone in your audience does something differently. Makes sense. Yeah. Perfectly. So super powerful indeed, especially when you learn that the men in the program right now, Deanna, are being prescribed this therapy as a healthy way to work through their depression. Really? Yes. Like actually prescribed? Prescribed. So recently, <gasps> Northwest London Integrated Care System, uh, a large partner in the various uh, NHS uh, care systems and trusts in England, 
rewarded Belcher's efforts with a grant in the hope to reduce British suicide rates by 10%. Wow. Yes. Look how forward thinking. Incredibly. Good on you. Incredibly. And this funding and approach is unprecedented. However, it is proving to help. So what the course does is it takes these clients that are referred by the social prescribing team. These are the doctors and the general practitioners mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and the psychiatrist, uh, psychologist. And uh, they pre- prescribe the to the uh, – I'm blowing this. So the course then takes referred clients by the social prescribing team through the writing performance and analysis of their personal stories to create a five-minute stand-up comedy set. Look at that. And five minutes is a long time. Heck yeah, it is. I mean, most open mics are five minutes or less for people, like four minutes. Um, And if you listen to a lot of comedians, when they're talking about coming up, they say, if I could just get a tight three. Okay. I mean, three minutes of material is tough. Yeah. So... And all of this was actually based and developed as a result of a year-long research project based on Angie's knowledge of comedy and her coaching techniques Mm. on the effects of comedy as a therapeutic device on people's well-being and mental health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So 20 men over the age of 18 who have had suicidal episodes are currently prescribed into the program. Okay. Isn't that awesome? That is – Wow. And the NHS is hopeful to be able to expand this program to London in the very near future. Mm. So test program in Wales, bringing it over to London. And uh, Lord Lordis Calclo, that's I'm saying that correctly, Lordis like uh, yeah. Madonna's, Madonna's daughter. daughter. Yeah. Lordis Calclo, head of suicide prevention at Rethink Mental Illness, which is a UK-based organization that literally, Deanna, is celebrating their 50th year of making an impact for those in need of mental nice. health services. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Uh, she shared this about the program. We've never done anything like this before, and we're very excited about it because we're hoping it will reach men who, even though they've been diagnosed as a high risk of suicide, don't think they have an issue, and so they won't go to counseling or attend anything Mm. signposted or labeled suicide prevention. This is a different way of engaging this very hard-to-reach group. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just it flips the script on on it and makes it more uh, societally acceptable. I'm going to learn how to do stand up comedy, right? Versus I need to check myself into a mental institution, right? Yeah. And again, you're talking about men who have that guard up. Yeah, they don't want to be labeled as suicide risks mm-hmm. or anything along those lines. So here they are being prescribed this workshop. Mm-hmm. That is going to help them tell their story, reframe their story. And, you know, to Angie and those involved, they do realize that there's a fine line between telling someone's personal stories and triggering former former traumas. Mm -hmm. So to prevent this, psychologists support participants during their introduction to the the therapeutic writing techniques. Gotcha. uh, while local services, general practitioners, and others are engaged throughout the entire course. Oh, it seems like a team effort. Yeah, That's it's great. definitely a team great, effort. Great, great, And I mean, as you know, Deanna, I find comedy to be incredibly therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And I often look for the funny in things as a way to deal with the emotions or the feelings within and yeah. around those. Yeah. And as with Angie and these other professionals, I believe that we can heal by rethinking and reframing our thoughts with humor. Mm. And as someone who's dealt with depression, 
I am I'm super hopeful to see the results of this and, and progress of this program. I mean, anything that can help these men get the care that they need to avoid these unhealthy means of coping and recovery are, mm-hmm. are definitely a plus. Yeah. And I mean, perhaps we will see it here in the U.S. at some point where we desperately need more tools to combat the the illness. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, I applaud Angie. Yeah. And and all of those who recognize that healing comes in many different forms, mm-hmm. especially the one that we all know from the age old saying that laughter can be the best medicine. So inspiring! Oh my yeah. goodness! Isn't so it cool? Inspiring to flip the script and and give a new way to reach all of these people men especially who might feel that hopelessness might not right. have the ability to share with somebody who will listen or to put themselves in a situation where they where they're seeking the help that they need and right. and to have the backing of the government and all of these you know, healthcare workers is just so inspiring. I'm just thinking like this opens up so many possibilities and really takes the traditional ways that might have a stigma attached. It just takes all of that away yeah. and creates this space where people feel safe and can share in a way that, like you said, um, changes the story completely Yeah, and puts them in front of people who are going to be supportive. Exactly. Yeah. And also are equipped Mm -hmm. to help them. Yes. You're not just talking about somebody who's not had some experience in in coaching. Mm -hmm. Angie's had a ton of experience in that. Um, but you're also talking about professionals, general practitioners, psychiatrists, psychologists. Yeah, it's a that team are there effort. Walking hand in hand with them, and others from you know different organizations that are there as well, like Rethink Mental Illness. Lourdes and her team are all there. Mm-hmm. So it it's very innovative. I love the thought process, and I actually it's really odd. So you know how things happen with us when it comes to writing our stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm writing this story. I'm going through the whole thing, and I come across uh, on I think it's HBO Plus or whatever it's called right now. Max. Max. Mm-hmm. I come across Gary Goldman, who's a comedian, and he's hilarious. And the name of the special that he's doing, which by the way was was um, directed by Judd Apatow, so you know it's really yeah, good yeah, quality. Yeah. The name of the the special that he's actually sharing is called The Depression. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's Gary Goldman, who's a hilarious guy, but talking about the massive depression that he went through in 2017 hmm. and how he's still digging out of it. And he's literally up on stage doing his comedy. And a lot of it is is based around the things he went through during depression. Mm. So it's amazing. As I'm doing this story and mm-hmm. I'm researching this, I'm like, oh, I need something to watch. And this was literally after I finished the story, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I just need something to watch to unwind. And there there was. Yeah. And it's pretty you know, amazing how those things happen. But I, I think it's very important as I'm watching that, once again, there's so many men. He's talking to other comedians that he knows mm-hmm. in the thing that also are suffering from depression. Wow. It's prevalent. Mm-hmm. So I do want to share this. I would be remiss if I didn't share this after this podcast before we wrap things up. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 
is a United States-based suicide prevention network with over 160 crisis centers that provide 24-7 service via that toll-free hotline that is literally available to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. Yeah. And this number, gang, we'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. We'll put it in the, the good hood and, and our, our Facebook and whatnot. But this number is 800 273 8255. And again, that's 800 273 8255. So please, if you know of anyone, if you or someone you love is going through this, use that number 800 273 8255. You're precious to this world and we want you here. We do. We do. And we want you to get the help you need. So thank you for, for listening in today. Thank Everybody, you, Chris, for sharing a, a tough subject, a tough subject, but a necessary subject and how this world is becoming a better place because of people like Angie and uh, everybody who works at these hotlines. Just thank you so much. Yeah. And if you, um, the, the best way to help somebody that you love might be to share this information or to share this podcast, because uh, you never know if somebody hears something that can spark something in them yeah, and change their lives. Right. So thank you, sweetheart. Uh, I enjoyed putting this together and I can't thank those folks enough for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So for sure. And neighbors, I know this is a tough one, but if, if you did enjoy this, you know, please help us out. Uh, we don't know why it helps, but if you could go to Apple podcast and click on the, the purple icon there on your phone, and give us a five-star rating. It will help more people to learn about the good mm-hmm. and to, to get involved. Um, in addition to that, you can go to our website, which is www.thegoodallaroundus.com. And you're going to see all the players there. Yep. And uh, what are they able to click on there, Deanna? To- pod chaser. Yep. You can click on the pod chaser icon if you have an Android phone. And it gives you the same ability to leave five-star review and comments as well. And yeah, just... Join us each and every week. The things that we share on this um, podcast, I know we've had other ones that have been very, very poignant and could save somebody's life. And this is one of those. And it's it's our joy. It really is. I know that's Chris's line, but <laughs> we come here every week for you to spread some good in the world, to let you know about people who are out there doing good changing the world for the better and their story deserves to be told so more people can hear about it and hopefully it will help somebody along the way absolutely so thank you so much everybody it is our joy our mission to happy up your life and we can't thank you enough for being here this week and each and every week right here at the good all around us bye everybody have a good good day (laughs) 